Welcome to the Home Church Podcast, where we bring you relevant teaching, faith conversations, and much, much more. We want to thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires you and builds your faith. Hello, Home Church online family. It is uh, great to have you join us today, whether you're watching it now on Sunday with us and participating in the live chat, which I really encourage you. Want to, want to encourage you to do, um, or whether you're watching it on YouTube in your house, uh, that's cool too. I'm just glad that you are engaging with us somehow. And if you're new, like we said at the beginning of the service, then welcome to Home Church Online. And uh, I am um, particularly excited today because we're starting a new series called Finding Jesus. And I'm going to be talking a little bit about finding Jesus in the small. But I don't want to contradict myself here because I don't know if you remember, but a, a few Sundays ago, I preached a message. And in my message, I was talking about one of these big questions. Where is God in the middle of all of this? And, uh, and then my answer was God lives on the inside of us. He's God within us. And uh, so if we've already addressed that issue of where God is or where Jesus is, how come the title of this message is now talking about finding Jesus? Um, and it is because the title of the message or the title of the series is not trying to imply that we're trying to physically literally physically or geographically locate where Jesus is but perhaps he's talking about locating where we are in relation to what Jesus is trying to tell us or what Jesus is trying to do on the inside of us um, I think we all heard the expression being on the same page and uh, I believe that this is what the title of the series is trying to imply we're reading the same book but are we on the same page as the Holy Spirit so today I'm going to be trying to talk about a little bit about how we find a way of fine-tuning our lives so we are on the exact same frequency as the Holy Spirit is. Because it is all about engaging with the presence of God and the work of God and inside of us. And this is what I want to encourage you to do, to lean in and engage with the presence of Jesus and the work of Jesus on the inside of you. And talking about locating and location, um, you know that all you need to do today, if you want to know where you are, the exact coordinates of where you are, Wherever you are in the world is that you just need a smartphone. It's unbelievable. It's got a, a little piece of technology on the side of it called a GPS. And um, it's able to tell you exactly where you are. But uh, as smart as your smartphone is and that GPS technology is, it can only go as far as to tell you where you're currently located. It can never tell you where you're going. It doesn't know that. It is only when you enter a desired destination that would then locate where you are in relation to that destination. Why am I talking about this? It's because I believe that once you give your life to Jesus, you begin to live under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And what he does is that he drops some dreams and, and desires and aspirations in your heart. And, uh, and that combined with your own free will to make choices about those desires and those dreams, they begin to map out a desired route and a desired path towards your destination. And uh, I believe that God does that. The Holy Spirit does that. Here's the thing, though. As you enter your desired destination into your smartphone, you quickly realize that it's never a straightforward journey. And it can be very, very frustrating because it never just takes you straight there. You wish you would just do that. Here's what it does do, though. And I want to encourage you with that. It may not take you directly there. But it does map out the most favorable route for you. And I was thinking about it and I 
considering uh, in my message what um, what I wanted to be talking about. And I found myself uh, thinking about the Israelites when they were sent into exile. The reason for this is because I was able to draw some parallels between what they went through then and what we're going through now. Now, And you will see, history will tell us um, in regards to what happened to the Israelites there that in about 605 BC, this king called Nebuchadnezzar II, the king of the greatest empire of that time, the Babylonian Empire, he besieged Jerusalem and he took some Israelites captive back to Babylon. And amongst those Israelites were some young men from the royal family of the tribe of Judah. And amongst those young men were Daniel and his three friends. And so what happens then that Daniel and his friends and some of those other young men, they enter a process of enculturation that had been ordered by King Nebuchadnezzar, which was trying to neutralize their sense of identity as the Lord's holy people. And some 20 years later, Jerusalem is completely destroyed. A lot of the Israelites had been taken captive into Babylon. And uh, Israel is no longer a nation. And their lives are placed in the hands of a pagan king and of a pagan people. And I'm saying all of this to say this to you, that you realize as you set out on your journey uh, and you see in the drive seat of your life, whether you realize it or not, you're subject to many things that are completely unknown to you and that you have no control over. And that you are actually left with very small things that are under your control and that you do know and that you do understand. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9 in the New Living Translation, that we can make our plans, but the law determines our steps. So we can enter our own desired destination into the GPS of our lives, but it is the Lord who will then map out the most favorable route for us. You see, once you type the desired destination into you, the GPS of your phone, of your smartphone, you have complete and full trust that it knows how to take you there. You don't even question it. And just like your Google Maps... (laughs) Just like your Google Maps, God knows how to take you where you're going to your God-given destiny. All you need to do is to trust Him. And so here is my first point of my message. Trust God with the big unknowns on the road up ahead. And when I read Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 in the New Living Translation, very well-known scripture, it says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And do not depend on your own understanding. I have come to realize more and more in life that, uh, you know, these big things um, are normally imposed on us. They happen to us. We have very little or no control over whatsoever. Where are we going to be born? What sort of family are we going to be born into? And therefore, what kind of parents and upbringing are we going to have? A pandemic and a lockdown, they happen to us. They're imposed on us. I remember when uh, Tara and I, just uh, not too long after we got married, we were faced with this big unknown of having to apply 
for a permanent um, permission to stay in the UK. Um, that was back in 2009, 2010, thereabouts. And uh, remember that Terry and I are not from here. We're not from the UK. I'm from Brazil and Terry are, uh, Terry's from um, South Africa. And we met in London. So we were we had no plan B to build our lives anywhere else but to build our lives in the UK. And now we're faced with this situation where um, Terry's work permit was coming to an end and we had to apply for um, another type of visa. Thankfully, the government uh, allowed us to uh, apply for this, uh, what was called then an indefinite leave to remain. Basically, uh, just a, 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 a permanent permission to live and work in the UK. But you had to go through the process. And there was this big unknown <clears throat> on the road up ahead of us and we had no idea what the outcome was going to be. So we went through the process of applying for it. We went to Glasgow and uh, I remember arriving there because we wanted to have an answer on the spot. We wanted to know on the same day what the outcome was going to be, whether we were going to be able to stay in the UK or not. I mean, can you imagine how big and how daunting, how scary that was? And we handed over our papers to the immigration officer and looks at us, he goes, thank you, you can go for a walk. And in about an hour's time, I'll give you a call and uh, we'll talk about it. And uh, so we go um, out of the office. We're having breakfast. And an hour later, they, they give us a call. They say, you can come back. And I remember the immigration officer calling us to his desk. And uh, he says, um, it seems like I'm missing some bits of information. And Terry very quickly goes, yeah, I know what you're talking about. She pulls out um, some more paperwork, gives it to him. And he looks at us and goes, all right, you can sit in the corner there. Give me five minutes and I'll call you back. Now, church... Those were the longest five minutes of our lives. It was just big unknown. And we had no idea what was going to happen to us. Isn't it crazy when you run out of your own options and all you're left with is to trust God with that big unknown. And as you can tell, obviously we're allowed to stay. We're given that visa. And 12 months later, we were then thankfully able to apply for a full British citizenship, which we're incredibly grateful for. But we had to trust God with this big unknown. We had no other option. You know, the Bible doesn't call us to understand. The Bible calls us to trust God. And I know we know that, but I think someone needed to be reminded of it today. Just trust God. I don't really know when this lockdown is going to end. So I'm just going to choose to trust God, even though the government told us it's going to end soon. We don't really know. We don't know when this pandemic is going to end, even though we're talking about a vaccine. So I just choose to trust God. Maybe you're thinking, I don't know if I'm going to have a job tomorrow. And uh, all you're left with is to choose to trust God. I encourage you to choose to trust God with the bigger known on the road up ahead of you. Matthew 6, 34 in the New Living Translation says this. Jesus said these words, do not worry about tomorrow. Trust in me. Do not worry about tomorrow, but tomorrow will take care of itself. Trust in me. You see, God is an expert at making a way where there is no way. He's an expert at creating a diversion for us. God never meets a dead end. He parts the sea. God never meets a dead end. He walks on water. And I love that being taken into captivity <clears throat> by the Babylonians was imposed upon the Israelites. It was completely out of their control. So what is left for them? To trust God. That God had factored that in and had made a way and created a, mapped out a diversion 
for them that was favorable for them. God is an expert at that. We just got to trust him because that's all we can really do is to trust God with the big unknowns on the road up ahead. And as he maps out a diversion and he makes a way through, all we're then left with are those small turns along the way. At every intersection, at every turn, we're left with small instructions. Because remember, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9, that we can make plans, but it is the Lord who orders our steps. He's the one that will present us with the small turns. All we need to do is point number two. Obey God in the small terms on the road up ahead of us. However, we don't like the word small because it implies irrelevant or implies insignificant or unimportant. And if you're constantly distracted by the world around you, it will constantly tell you that life only matters when you make something big happen, something that counts. And so our lives can easily become an endless pursuit for major accomplishments to feed our longing for significance. Because the patterns of this world will pre-program us to believe that it is only in the big that we can find purpose. But don't you love that Jesus and his word are always counter-cultural and is always contradicting what popular culture is trying to impose on us. I love that. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, again in the New Living Translation, just read it a moment ago, says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, all of it. Do not depend on your own understanding. Trust God with the big unknowns on the road up ahead. And the very next verse, verse 6, says this, says this And then seek his will <clears throat> in all that you do, and he will show you which path to take. Seek his will in all that you do and he will show you, he will present you with the small turns and all you have to do is obey them. During a time when the Israelites encountered their one of their biggest unknowns along their journey up until that moment, God chooses to use this man called Daniel as an example of what to do when you're left with the small turns, with the seemingly insignificant along the diversion or the way that God made for you and mapped out for you. And what happens when you choose to obey God in the small daily choices that you're actually in control of and that you actually know. And even though we may not be interested in the behind the scenes and the smallness, seemingly small of Daniel's life, you will notice that it is in his obedience to God in the small that God presented Daniel with, where God actually made Daniel highly influential, even as a slave in a foreign and pagan nation. When we look behind the scenes, we see that all the small turns that Daniel paid attention to and devoted himself to obeying God in, all the small daily disciplines he gave himself to, for he realized that it was in them he had the chance to become the man that God had called him to do and to fulfill the purpose that God had for his life. And I love that. So that not only Daniel, but an entire nation could be restored back and brought back into the original, desirable, favorable route and journey that God had mapped out for them all along. And some of those small disciplines 
There's more things, unpopular things that Daniel devoted himself to obeying God in. Are here recorded in Daniel chapter 6, verse 4 in the New Living Translation. It says, says that Daniel was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. Faithfulness speaks of consistency in our loyalty. And it seems small and it seems unpopular because the world keeps telling us to only be loyal as long as it suits us. But Daniel was always faithful. Responsibility speaks of carrying the burden uh, to get things done and to put your life and your reputation on the line for others and for the cause. To be willing to be held accountable for your own actions. And not only that, but to be willing to become a type of person, a mature person, so that your actions have a positive impact on others and leave a legacy that impacts others in a positive way. It's small and is unpopular because the culture around us keeps telling us to live in the moment and to constantly be opportunists and shift blame. But Daniel was always responsible. Trustworthiness. It speaks of integrity and consistency in your character. It speaks of who you truly are when no one is looking. And uh, it is small and it is unpopular because the culture around us keeps telling us, keeps telling us to put on charismatic public personas in order to um, manipulate people, to please others. But then it was always trustworthy. You know, the reason why we tend to neglect the small, the seemingly small in our lives is because we fail to realize that our future is built and shaped by the small, seemingly unimportant decisions that we make every day. And it's important for us to pay attention to that. Our brains make 35,000 daily conscious decisions according to science, according to neuroscience, and according to research. Small, but powerful. And the most significant reason why they're powerful, yet small, is because in those small decisions that you make daily, is where you're able to exercise something called self-control. Daniel was an expert. He mastered developing and exercising self-control. It is small and unpopular because the culture around us keeps telling us to just be impulsive and to be led by our emotions. But Daniel found a way to develop and exercise self-control and obey God as opposed to obeying his own personal convictions. And there's something about that. There's something about obeying God in the seemingly small in our lives, which will then propel us into our God-given destiny. Zechariah 4.10 in the New Living Translation says this, Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. And I want to illustrate there with something, a story about the Silva family. And I love the, the frame behind, behind me. It says our family doesn't have to be perfect to be wonderful. We're certainly not perfect, but we are a wonderful family. I love my family. And uh, if you know a little bit about my life, um, my dad left when I was very young. And because of that, um, we, myself and my siblings and my mom, we sort of grew apart and we became very individualistic. Um, in the way that we um, we carried ourselves. so And that was really evident in the small. For example, we'd never be able to have a meal together around the table. Always mom would cook and then we'd just eat whenever we wanted, wherever we wanted. Normally it would be just me in front of the TV eating uh, by myself. And uh, then I get married 
to Terry and we have kids and now the kids are a little bit bigger now. And Terry said this, she became adamant about this one thing that we would always have dinner around the table and always pray first, thank God for what he's blessing us with. And then we would sit and eat and we would talk, no distractions. And I remember, to be honest with you, I just, I really didn't like that. And the kid didn't like, the kids didn't like that either. We just wanted to be doing something else uh, while we're eating, watching TV or something else. And, uh, but we devoted ourselves, and I'm not going to say that we do this every night, but we do it most nights. And it's incredible because I watched this small, powerful, small discipline, but powerful. I walked into the kitchen um, a few days ago. And uh, I am astounded to see Kai just before he's going to have his lunch with Lexi. Remember, Kai is only five and Lexi is only four. She's just turned four. They're very young children. And uh, I walk in to see Terry shocked to see that Kai, just before they're going to have their meal, Kai grabs Lexi's hands without being prompted. We didn't tell them to do that. Grabs Lexi's hands and says, we need to pray. And then they pray and then they eat small but powerful i love that and i want to leave you as a wrap up i want to leave you with this scripture in romans chapter 12 from verse 1 and 2 uh, in the message what do i do with all of this then this here's what god wants you to do here's what scripture tells us here's what i want you to do god helping you take your everyday ordinary life you're sleeping you're eating you're going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for Him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, <clears throat> instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. All you need to do is number one, trust God with the big unknown, the big unknowns on the road up ahead of you and obey God in the small turns along the road up ahead of you. I pray this has blessed you, church. I love you. Bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Mm-hmm.